0: Your host of the Sheeny and Script Pod. I am really, really pumped up for what I have in store for you this year. We are going to be diving into some amazing entrepreneurial stories. We're going to be talking all about how you can build your business, how you can have a business that supports the exact ideal dream life you're trying to create for yourself and your family, and how you can do it while you make buckets of money. So, settle in, buckle up, get some caffeine, and let's get started for 2023. Good morning, you guys. This is your host, Sam Barner of the She Needs Grit podcast, and we are about to get a conversation going here this morning. I am really really excited to introduce Hannah to you. She is she's a great guest. You guys are going to be blown away with our conversation. And so Hannah, I am so excited we were able to connect. It's not as easy as it seems, and I'm really really grateful that you're here today. Welcome. Hi
1: Sam, so good to be here. Yeah, we've had some hurdles, some scheduling and some <laughs> dog barking, and I'm so excited we get to we get to yeah. have some fun together today.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm really glad. And yeah, sorry guys, if the dog, right now he's behaving himself. Um, we'll see if that continues. But fingers crossed. It's life, right? Dogs are dogs are dogs, and he doesn't listen very well. Kind of like kids. Um, so let's get you first, Hannah, to give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and your business. And then uh, and then we'll chat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My name is Hannah, Hannah Beer. I'm a money mentor and an energy healer. I help women from all walks of life from across the world heal, heal their relationship with money, get really blissfully happy with money, always have plenty of it, um, and be able to have a lot of fun in life. Um, I'm the mom of a young daughter. We live in Germany. I've lived in many different countries. And we settled in Germany about a year ago. It's like living in the sound of music. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's me in a nutshell.
0: I love it. I am I love I think the connection of business and money and sometimes motherhood, right? I think it goes really hand in hand and you're at the you're at the beginning of your motherhood journey. And I I'm in the I guess we'll call it the middle. We'll call it the middle of the motherhood journey. But I think it's so important to talk about what that looks like for you, what it looks like for me, just in general, in terms of owning a business and living in a bunch of different countries. You and I definitely have that in common and doing it while we have kids. So let's, maybe let's start there. Let's talk a little bit about how do we, how do you manage that? How do you find that works in your day-to-day life?
1: Yeah. So my day-to-day Um, We currently have a babysitter shortage because this is final season, so we've got a bunch of babysitters. They're all 16, 17, 18 years old, so they're all taking exams right now. (laughs) So Grace is, as we speak, Grace is watching Bluey with her dad. That is the reality of being an entrepreneur to a small child. I work when she goes to sleep. I work when she naps. I work when she plays Lego for a moment. (laughs) I work in the car. And sometimes the TV is the babysitter when the babysitter is sick. So it's, I actually learned this way of working a long time ago. When I was traveling a lot and I remember being in Hawaii and I had this Airbnb rented and the Wi-Fi was terrible. And the only place where the Wi-Fi was strong enough for me to be able to work with my clients was um, in the laundry room. So I would sit on the washing machine while it was in a spin cycle and like the cleaning lady kept going in and out because she needed another thing. And I was sitting there working with my clients in that moment. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go do excellent work, fulfill on all of my commitments, do whatever it takes, really live excellence, no matter what, like hang me upside down, mm-hmm. like trap me in an airport, have me work at 3am in the morning, I don't care. And that, that attitude really helped me once I became a mom. When Grace was really little, I had her in the little baby Bjorn baby carrier, and I would just walk up and down yeah. and up and down doing all my client calls. When I first had her, I had a gazillion clients, like 25 one-on-one clients and like groups and stuff. It was a lot. And I also had a team. I'm not a fan of having a big team. That doesn't work for me. I've had some guilt and shame around that. I've been in masterminds where where the teaching was, you know, you have to have a big team and then you can scale and then you'll be free. But my experience is that for me, it just feels like more people to manage. So a lot of what I do with my business is mm-hmm. automation. That really helps me if I can automate something, if I can just be really organized, that helps me. That's more helpful to me than hiring somebody because then I have to kind of check did, they, did they, they do the right thing. And did I give the instructions correctly? That again, takes work from me. So I'm all about organization and I do everything imperfectly as long as the end result is at the level of excellence that I want it to be. And that makes for some really, really crazy behind the scenes stories. But at the end of the day, it allows me, it allows me to get everything done. And that's what I
0: love. Yeah. I think... I think we just need to summarize that. Like, I I think we just need to, like, bottle that up and have that be, if you're thinking of starting a business, this is what you need to know going in. That's the reality, right? All of us have worked in that, that frame of mind of, I will just get it done. I will just do what it takes to get from here to there. And it might be messy, and it might be a disaster, and it might not look like a well- ironed kind of situation. Um, But yeah, you're right. Like the nooks and crannies of life when you're a mom of a young child in particular. But I think just any mom who's, who's rocking an entrepreneurial job, I know I spend a lot of time working in my dirty minivan, which I talk about a lot on the podcast, when I'm at the soccer field. And I know certain soccer fields have great Wi-Fi and other soccer fields, there's no internet. So I need to make sure that I have downloaded the stuff that I'm working on or that I'm working on content that doesn't need the internet when I'm working on it. And there feels like sometimes in this industry, a little bit of shame around that, that we're not supposed to just shove it into the nooks and crannies that we're supposed to, I don't know, like that somehow there's a way to be organized beyond that context. And I think there is once you get going. But at the beginning, it is that messy beginning. And there's no way to not have it look like that. And even to this day, you know, I'm five years in now, it still sometimes looks like that. It still looks like stuff that I'm putting together on the automation piece and on getting all of that stuff organized. Still kind of looks a little bit scrappy on the back end here as well still. And I think we just need to really embrace that and support that and have it be, of course, that's how it is. And that doesn't mean it's not exceptional work product at all times for our clients and for the back end of our business too. Um, So I love, I love that you're very much like, yep, sometimes it's bluey. Sometimes it's a babysitter. Sometimes it was in the baby born, you know, whatever that looks like. It's totally the reality for a lot of us. And I think it's potentially what holds women back from doing this kind of work Because they feel like, well, if I don't have a five-hour chunk to get something done in, I can't do a good job. And you and I both know five-hour chunks to do anything are few and far between, and it's never just one thing in that chunk. Like, I can't remember the last time I spent five hours doing all one task, right? It's just get done what has to get done, right? See, that's my criticism
1: with the well-intentioned productivity hacks, right? It's like the three hour morning routine and then Mm -hmm. write in your like bullet journal and like do all the things. I do none of it, Sam, none of it. And I used to have a marketing coach and she is my, just the love of my life to this day. I love her so much, Kiva. (laughs) Um, Any of my clients know I keep talking about Kiva, but she's amazing. (laughs) And she was once coaching somebody else. It was in a mastermind that she was leading. And that person asked, she was a designer and the person asked, oh, somebody wants me to design something for them that I've never done before. Can I take on this project? And Kiva said, are you going to fulfill the promise? Like, will the end result be Mm -hmm. done? And she said, yes. And then Kifa said, it doesn't matter if you hire somebody to do it for you, if you stay up late at night to figure it out, like, if you make a promise, fulfill on the promise, doesn't matter how. And that to me gave me permission to stop waiting until I have time to do a morning routine or to stop waiting until I have an office. You know, I've been like, Homeless, many times in like the good way, you know, where I was just traveling. I didn't really know where to go next. I was just on the road, you know, and I didn't have an office. You know, sometimes I would work from the floor, from my yoga mat, or I would seriously, you know, sit, like work on the plane or just, you know, whatever, whatever it took. And so it was really helpful for me to stop overcomplicating it, but to just think to myself, what are the end results that need to be done? And then to just get them done. And so, For me, using productivity practices actually overcomplicated everything. I really just needed to have a very clear vision of what the standard is of what we create in my business. Do that Mm -hmm. consistently. And it's so much easier that way.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think that's one area that business owners actually don't do enough of. So I agree with you. I don't do a morning routine. My morning routine is like, get up, make sure my kids are mainly dressed get them out the door to all their functions, right, which is, depending on the day, much more busy uh, now than it was when they were little. And then come back and start my day. But one of the things that I know is critical and something I didn't do at the beginning was like standard operating procedures for my business. So knowing when I get a new client, what does onboarding look like? What um, What does, you know, a podcast guest situation, what does that look like? How does that get from you and I having an intro conversation to all the way to a published episode and how does that show up and all of the, all of the pieces in between, but outlining that so I can know did I hit all the steps that I need to hit in order to create the result I'm looking to create. And that part takes work because you have to suffer through not knowing at all what you're doing to begin with, right? You have to be like, I don't know what the standard operating procedure is, but I tried it these four different ways for the first four clients I had and this piece worked well and this piece worked terribly and this piece fell through the cracks because I didn't know I needed a way to catch it. And it's okay to do it that way, right? We all do it that way. But then writing down and taking the time to figure out like what does excellence look like in my business for each piece of it, then you're right. Then you can go back and be like, okay, of course, I'm doing it. Check, 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 check. Done. And that's all I need to do to create the results that I'm looking for. Um, Yeah, nobody has time for a three-hour morning routine. I I envy those people that have that much time in their lives, and it's a season. They will get busy in their lives with other things as well eventually, Um, and there's a season where we'll probably have three hours for a morning routine eventually. I, I can see that eventually happening. It's just not right now, and that's okay, right? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in your productivity in terms of whether you'll be a good business owner If you don't have time for meditation and journaling and a seven stage face cream situation, right? I don't have time for that. Like I'm trying to just remember to wash my face people. That's that's where we're at here.
1: I feel like it all kind of falls under under the umbrella of managing um, distractions. One way that I used to distract myself was Mm. by reinventing the wheel. And when I realized that I kept trying to recreate something that was actually working, that's when I got really serious about my standard operating procedures. I have a list, like, these are the emails I write, this is the sequence. If a client does this, they get that email, da 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 If this, then that. And I don't budge from it. I've been sending out the same emails. My clients know this. It's the same thing. If you sign up to a new program with da. this is how the onboarding works. It's always the same. And yeah. like you said, you figure out the very best way to do it and then just don't tweak it. I feel like sometimes my tendency was, oh, but like, let me rewrite this or let me change that. And it was such a distraction, such a waste of time. And the internet will tell you, oh, now it's time to start an app or now it's time to do like a 30-day course, not a year-long thing or not a this or not a that. And so there's like new ideas, but the implementation of them takes so much time. And so for me, I really, the thing that I learned was if something's working, don't touch it. Even though everything will be, you know, like the part of me that wants like something new and something creative, something exciting will like tweak the thing that is so perfect. Like, so that's, that's the, the yeah. voice in my head that keeps reminding me, don't mess with it. It's perfect. Don't mess with it. And so the other thing that I really needed to learn in business was to fulfill those emotional needs, not through my business. If I'm feeling bored, I need to go do something in my life outside of my business to fulfill that need or if I feel like I need to you know feel more like I matter like I'm significant I need to go fill that in not in my business at the expense of my clients Mm -hmm. you know by like becoming a show pony or something that I'm not um you know that that is one of the things that I really learned and that was just so helpful for me. It allows me to come to my business and to see it from a more neutral space, like what's working, what isn't, mm-hmm. what are we delivering? How's the delivery going? How can we improve results for our clients? And then all of my personal needs as a human being, I'm not trying to meet them through my work. I go to my work to give, and that makes it a lot more fun. It keeps yeah. my business off the hook from trying to be something for me that it's just not meant to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that concept of, of coming from a place of giving in our businesses is a lot of business maturity, right? I think it is that understanding. And of course, I think everybody starts. And if you ask them, they'll say like, no, no, I'm here to support, to help. The whole reason I started my business was to help whoever my audience is. But all of us fall into that trap of that kind of grabby graspy action of i need clients and i need to get clients by getting more people on my email list or getting more people in my social media or networking with more people whatever it is for you right but the sooner you can get to that place of i am absolutely just here to serve my clients at the absolute top of my ability and to continually learn and grow my ability so that up-levels all the time so that I can give that to my clients, people see that and they feel that and they realize that you're doing things purely from a sake of helping them in their business, and that creates growth. It creates abundance because they're not feeling like they're just a number. They're not feeling like just another sale that you need to get through and then you on to the next sale as opposed to, no, I'm diving deep into that client's needs. And um, I think think that's huge. I think it's really, really huge for the sooner you can get yourself to that place, I think the more successful business owners will be for sure.
1: Yeah. And the more fun it will be because all of those insecurities that tend to hold us back, Mm -hmm. they won't be so potent anymore. I remember when I first started, I would say to my coach, I'm not good enough. Like, this isn't good enough. What I'm providing isn't good enough. It's not good enough. And she said, oh, you've got confidence blocks and you need to believe in your, you know, it's like, da, da, da. and I said to her, no, 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 you don't understand. My work isn't good enough. My clients aren't getting the results that I want. This isn't a confidence issue. It's just that the matter of the fact is at the end of the day, my clients aren't receiving what I want them to receive. I need to figure out how to be better. And when... I made that shift that you just you know described to my business isn't about me, my business isn't here to make me look amazing mm-hmm. or to make me feel significant or to make you know to meet all of the deepest needs that I've never had. No, my business is where I go to contribute something positive, something good to the planet that will help all of us somehow and so when i when I yeah. did that instead of constantly thinking you know think about myself in business, like how much money I wanted to make and how it would reflect on me. And, you know, it was like a me, 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 me show all the way in the beginning. And now over time I've transitioned into, it's all about my clients. My clients are the ones who get to say if my Mm -hmm. business is good enough. My clients get to say if the results that they're receiving are good enough. My clients get to say what else it is that they need. My clients get to say, um, you know, the copy on my website, everything that I write about, my clients' words, they're not my own words. My clients know themselves best. And so the more my business became client-centered, the better it worked mm-hmm. and the less my own insecurities ran the show. And I was still allowed to be a human being with like flaws and and, and personal issues and, and places where I need <laughs> to grow and like immature parts of me that I'm really working on, I promise, but like my mm-hmm. personal flaws weren't like playing into my business. So my business uh, kind of became free to succeed um, without my personal stuff kind of messing it up so much. And when I first started, that was the Mm -hmm. teaching that I saw everywhere was like, you need to heal yourself and your business is going to work. But I'm like, oh my God, like that's going
0: to take a long time. (laughs) That's my thought too. I'm always like, "Mm, I don't know if I have time for that to be the first piece like I feel like it can happen as we're going can't it most of the
1: time I'm not very well behaved Sam I can't I can't be on my best behavior most of the time (laughs) so it's nice that my business just gets to serve people just gets to do a really 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 good job at getting them you know a lot of money and a lot of happiness and just getting them free to live their lives and then I get to be human too and when I think about it, you know, I always think about the bakery down the road. It's like it's such a popular bakery and they have a shortage of staff. And so every Saturday morning, there's a line down the road and it's the oldest bakery. Like, it's so ugly. <laughs> they make amazing things. They have just they could do It's It's just it's an amazing business. And I always think. People don't know who's baking the bread. People don't know. They just come because the end result is so amazing. Nobody goes in there and says, oh, but like, you know, the baker, I don't know, is like, has like these personal issues, so we can't buy from him. Like, it doesn't make sense at all if I think about other businesses. So, why would that be true for me? Mm-hmm. My business is allowed to be a gigantic success and to help so many people regardless of what's going on in my personal life. And so that helped my business to grow and grow and grow and grow. And for me to also be able to mature at my own pace. And that to me feels loving. It feels realistic. And I see that other business owners, just like the bakery down the road, have a similar thing going.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, I'm sure that your clients then feel that same acceptance of you can be wherever you are, right? Whatever you actually look like as a human is totally fine. Come on in, we'll sort out we'll sort out everything that you need to get success here and it doesn't have to be that everything then is is this perfect pristine vision of what we should be as human beings. It's just not it's not realistic. We're we're never going to get to that robotic self of perfection. That doesn't exist. And this continual striving takes so much energy and so much effort and so much crappy self-talk when you're not achieving it, that it's like, let's just, let's just all admit we're just humans. And that means good and bad things every single moment of every single day. And that's fine. I love that so much. Right, You just don't hear Yeah. Well, you don't hear, here's the thing, and this is going to be. Say it. People are going to like to hear this necessarily. (laughs) Say it, Sam. I think it's something where it's like, (laughs) men don't talk like this about their business. They just don't. And they don't talk about themselves like this in their business. They are like, just do, 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 do the job. I do the job. I'm done my job. I come home. I do whatever I do when I'm home, whenever I'm just a, just a guy hanging out at home. And I guarantee if you made a point of looking on business Instagram pages of male coaches or male um, business owners in general, they are not talking about their emotional well-being. They're not talking about the pressures that they feel in their business. They are not talking about how perfectionism is plaguing them this is a This is a woman problem for the most part. Now there's always exceptions to these to these circumstances, but it's just not a dialogue that gets brought up in male-centered businesses. Now does that mean that they're not having these same angsty moments of feeling insecure or feeling like they're not capable or worrying about the outcomes? No, I don't think that they're immune from that, but I just think they don't dwell on it the way that we sometimes get trapped into that like hamster wheel of like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit shit," all the time. I think they are able to just step out of the hamster wheel and be like, and today this is how how I show up. I'll do my best and that will be fine. And they just don't fall into the trap of questioning things. And I think it wastes a lot of our brain power. It wastes a lot of our energy that we have to devote to real meaningful work or client interaction or sales. And we get caught up in that. And I think it's a real disadvantage that, that that's how we operate all the time with such negativity towards our ability to be good, right? I think men just assume they are good. Whether they are or not is questionable. But, right? Women assume they're not. They assume there's always a gap as opposed to assuming they're, they're good enough to get the job done and that's great. And I'd like to see us move a little more in that direction full. Yeah.
1: Start. And let's let me suggest this. How about, you know, this disconnection that was so helpful for me to make in my business between this is my personal life, this is my mm-hmm. business, this is my emotional well being, and these are the things that need to get done in my business. Um, you know, once that is yeah. just once we untangle that a little bit, so it gets to be two different aspects. Um you know, we can kind of do both. This is always what I like say to the clients of mine who come and they say, everybody's been telling me that I need to heal. And when I'm healed, I can be successful. And when I'm healed, I can have money. And when I'm healed, I can be confident. when I'm healed, I'm like, oh, geez, like that sounds like a very, very, very stressful way to live. How about, you know, yes. we structure your business. We make sure it's set up really solidly. We make sure that you can make a lot of money of really lovely profit. Make sure that you can always have lots of money, not always needing to make more money, right? Like having versus making.
0: Mm-hmm. Not that constant yeah. Need right?
1: And then mm-hmm. on the other hand, you also get to let your business push your buttons and money push your buttons mm-hmm. so that all of those insecurities that you're feeling, so that those get to be healed as well. But your business gets to grow while you're healing. Your business gets to maybe even grow faster than you were growing as a person mm-hmm. you know wouldn't it be lovely to kind of disconnect that a little bit that's one of the things that just rubbed me the wrong way like who decided on this order like you said there's many I know. there's many people who you know maybe aren't as aren't as who don't value integrity as much as some of us women do, who don't value community as much as some of us women do, who don't value relationships as much as us women do, but they just do the things that it takes to grow a business, right? So we also have examples of people who don't do the personal healing, who just do the business stuff and they get great results. You know, what if we allowed... You know, those listening who are just kind of like, hmm, something about this conversation is interesting to me. What if you were allowed to to, to do yep. these things and each aspect were allowed to grow at the right pace for it?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's absolutely available to us. And I think the more conversations like this that can happen where people do start to think, ooh, is that me? Am I... How am I acting? How am I thinking I need to be in order to be successful? Instead of just absolutely assuming I can be successful exactly as I am right now and continue to be a fully formed, developing, thriving human moving forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to just shout that from the rooftops.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then you do it imperfectly. That takes us all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. Then you'll Mm -hmm. say, my life is going up in flames because none of us are exempt from life. None of us are exempt from loss. None of us are exempt nope. from mistakes. None of us are exempt from any of the stuff. If you think you've got it harder than, than other people, everybody's got something and we don't choose the timing of it. Yeah. We can be the best people and always try to tick off everything on our to-do lists and do all of our meditations. And sometimes things will just really turn out in a way that we did not anticipate. But even in those moments... Yeah, we still get to allow our business to grow because business and money, it is a form of love. It is a form of life worth energy. It is what we use to sustain ourselves, what we use to create a home and to put food on the table, to clothe our children. And when I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes life is so heartbreakingly difficult that the last thing that should be scarce in those moments is money. The last thing that should be scarce in those yeah. moments is like, clients the last thing that should keep you up at night is that your business isn't working how about we set those things up so that Mm -hmm. when life happens you at least have money to kind of take you through those times you know as a secure ship that kind of like at least holds like the the foundation of your life together
0: I I couldn't agree more I think I think we get We get caught up in the what's going on in our personal lives sometimes. And it's hard not to, right? But what ends up happening is if you don't have those automations and you don't have your back end set up so securely, then everything crumbles. And then you're constantly on that track of, well, this happened and that happened, and now I have to rebuild. But I agree with you so much. Like, what if it just doesn't have to be that way? What if you can just, it is always built and always there and supportive, regardless of what life throws at you. Because you're right, there's always something. And I, I have definitely had clients where every little kind of like trip or big hurdle, all those things just throws them so badly off course when it comes to their business that then you have two fires. Then you have whatever fires happening in your personal life, whatever that was. And then you have the fire of now my business is sinking and I feel extra crap about that in the moment on top of whatever other life thing is just existing in your life. And I love that. Is that something that you focus a lot on with your clients is preparing for and setting them up for success in those hurdle moments?
1: Yeah, we, so some of the results that I'm known for is we help our clients multiply their income like the classics like multiply the income create like six seven figures in savings or in net worth Uh, we help them set financial goals and actually implement them not just dream about them not just put them on their pinterest board but really prove to themselves that they can set a goal and they can implement it Mm -hmm. and like the outcomes are fun it's nice to have a lot of money it's nice to be able to take your family on an amazing vacation and it's really nice to be able to sleep at night because you know you've got plenty <laughs> it's really nice to be able to make any to your yes. career to your home you know because you know that you've got money like money has your back so you can actually make choices based on soul yes 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 the outcomes are fun but what we're talking about here is the yeah. sense of sourcing or safety from within filling our emotional needs in mm-hmm. so we don't constantly have to you know rely on life to be perfect to make us feel good because that can never work. That's one of the things that I always tell my clients, like the outcomes are fun, like who you're becoming in the process is what's gonna feel most secure because you're, you're gonna become someone who knows exactly how to market, exactly how to save, exactly how to make a profit, exactly how to multiply your income, knows those exactly how to make wise money decisions, knows exactly what your money mm-hmm. values are, how you do money, how you reach your goals. You're gonna have the sense of security, not because of the outcomes, but because of the skills that you're learning and because of what you know to do and the other thing that we always do is we fill in the emotional needs like this is how i'm an energy healer so i fill in people's like yeah. all the stuff that we wish we had received from our parents They we were human just like you and i so they weren't able to give you everything we always fill those things in as well so we feel really whole um on the inside so we don't have this like gaping hole this like deep, deep longing inside of ourselves that we often try to fulfill using money and business, which obviously doesn't work. So yeah, I'm very passionate about this. No amount of money is ever going to make you feel secure. Secure is a feeling you can download into your body, you can source it from within, then you can create external financial systems that increase that, you know, Great yeah. P- predictability, inconsistency. And that's lovely. Um, but yeah, I would be lying if like any certain amount of money would ever bring you a full-fledged sense of security. But security is not a myth. You can have it. Um, it's just there's many, many lies going around. And if we <laughs> kind of follow the wrong lie, it can it can really
0: bite us in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think you look at, it's such a, I was going to say novel, but that's not the word I want. I don't know which word I want, but it's such a great way of looking at things that security comes from within. Like I think everybody just needs to like marinate on that sentence and what, what comes up for them. What do they think about immediately in that moment when they hear that sentence? Because most of us are chasing security. Right, chasing that feeling like nothing bad will ever happen, as if somehow that is
1: possible. I can guarantee something will happen. I'm sorry, yeah. I need to be the one to see it, it's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. It always does. And so, if you are just emotionally equipped to deal with whatever that circumstance, whatever life throws at you, in a way where you can kind of right yourself in that turbulence and be able to just be okay, regardless of what the circumstance is happening, um, is a massive, massive upgrade to how we feel, right? And how confident we are in everything that we do, whether it's um, business or parenting or in our relationships or just in our relationship with ourselves. That is absolutely huge for people to understand that they can kind of create that for themselves, that it is possible. Um, I talk so much about, you know, that I talk all about profit and all about business um, revenue generating and sales and, like, all of the very practical pieces of this. And this part of it, though, this piece is so critical to have in conjunction with all of those skills because otherwise you are just grinding away to get to – a mystical number that's going to create security, right? And that's not actually the case. So I love that that's the way that you focus on this. I think it's such high level value for everybody that kind of hears your stuff and pays attention to what you're saying and coaches with you and all of those sorts of things too.
1: I love what you just touched on. And it makes me think about how we're all wired to not feel good enough, right? Like, the world thrives on us not feeling good enough, on us being dissatisfied, right? Because mm-hmm. then, then we, we're just going to buy whatever, right? Like any quick solution, yep. you know, any like Instagram ad, Be are like, oh, a big butt? Sure, I'll buy it, <laughs> right? So this yeah. sense of dissatisfaction yeah. that all of us feel, the sense of like my life isn't as interesting as theirs. I'm not as amazing as them. I'm not as beautiful. I'm not as intelligent. I'm not as like who benefits from that, right? Like we're all wired to not feel good enough. And so, this is why when we keep chasing security or significance or whatever feeling it is that you're chasing with money and attaching it to a number, once you get to the number, somebody else will have a bigger business than you, you know, will look like cooler on the internet than you, will have more money than you, right? And then you can compare yourself to them and keep it stay in that feeling of not enoughness. And so the wonderful thing about sourcing your sense of creativity and happiness and security and all those delicious feelings from within is that you get to feel content as you are growing wonderful things in your life you get to have both you get to feel those wonderful feelings and they will stay that's the best part nobody can take them away from you Because you're sourcing them yourself, right? And so when you've got that sense of contentment, Mm -hmm. when you feel content and whole and full and happy and, you know, still vulnerable, still very much human, still trying your best, um, then you, you still get to set up the lovely structures that work for you, some some people really like having a condo. Some people like having a home. Some people are really happy renting because they like me, they just move all the time. I can't buy every time I move somewhere new, right? You know And so you can you can still build the life and the business structures that work for you. Um, but you won't be chasing just any weird ideal where you don't even know where it came from, but you really get to build your life so that it works for you that's what I love most about it. And then the internet can't sell you stuff anymore that you don't really even want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You become immune to that, right? Because you're not trying to fill that void. So it, it no longer has the same hold over you. Okay. So Hannah, if you were to say, and this is hard, right? But like, is there one or two things that you would say to anybody who's sitting here listening, I always assume that they're in their car because that's where I listen to podcasts. Of course, you listen to it other places too. But but is there anything that you would say is a great way to start venturing down the path of accepting that security comes from within? Is there a an action that they can take or a belief they start working on? What would you suggest for them to just start even even contemplating the possibility of that being factual. How how do you start? How do you get going in that realm? Yeah.
1: I would start with what you touched on earlier, where you talked about systems and processes and repeatable things that we do in our businesses that are guaranteed to work. Just like every time you market, the more you market, yes. the more sales you get, the more money you make. It's actually quite predictable, right? So, as you learn from mm-hmm. Sam or somebody like me, or as you learn things like how to do them in your business, don't just think about, oh, when I do this, I'm going to get a client. Because of course you're going to get clients. Of course you're going to make a lot of money. Of course you're going to make a great profit. Of course, of mm-hmm. course, of course. But really celebrate yourself for the skills that you're learning in the process. you know. Or if you're doing affirmations, I teach energy statements. That's like my, my special sauce that I'm known for. Um, you know, If you use anything like this, the, the ideas that you can begin to work with are, you know, you know, what would it take for me to be somebody who always, um, you know, who's amazing at sales? Or what would it take for me to be someone who can always make a great profit? Or what would it take for me to be someone yeah. who really knows how to run? For me, it's like a lean, highly profitable business. I keep everything simple. I'm not like a complex person. I keep everything really simple. <laughs> so for me, it's like something very, 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 very lean that works really well. It takes not much time, gets amazing results, just something very simple. You know, whatever your version of a perfect business is. And so, so don't just ask, you know, when you meditate or when you do whatever manifestation practices you do, don't just ask for the outcome. Ask to become the person who can always create these outcomes. You know, like, Mm. I don't know if like the world's going to burn down your house tomorrow. What would it take to be someone who can like easily create abundance in your life, who can easily find the money making opportunities and act on them? Will it take to be someone who always knows how to talk to people, see how you can help them? Will it take to be someone who can thrive in any business? Will it take to be someone who can always identify really lucrative businesses to start and the right staff to hire? You know, think about that. And then of course you're going to get the amazing outcomes, but that's the sense of security that we talk about where it's, it's you, like you're the source of everything good in your life. And that is something nobody can take away from you ever.
0: I love that so much. I love the idea of asking to become the person who, what would it take to become the person who, whatever that looks like. Right. And being your own sense of power and control is huge and i think that's where in the past things like manifestation and if you if you look into manifestation thoroughly not just on an instagram post it is very very clear that manifestation is never just ask the you know the world for the universe for what you want and then then it dumps on your desk like that's not that's not reality ever but it is seeking out the ways in which you can develop that and create that. And of course, the the best part about any skill that you learn of any kind, whether it's in trusting yourself, in growing your business, in making more sales, it doesn't matter what it is, you don't unlearn these skills. These are things that you have with you in perpetuity. And I think that's why so many of us that are in this coaching space, that's why we do what we do is because Not because I want you to have to coach with me for the rest of your life, that is never my intent, but that I can teach you something that you can go forth and use in your own life and share with your own people in whatever way that shows up for you and that creates a massive ripple effect for generations to come. I know how much I've learned from different people that I've engaged with over the course of my business and how many times their teachings become embedded in me to only come out and be taught to my clients, but also my kids, my siblings, all of those people that are in my sphere and get access to all of this higher level thinking. And I just think the more people like that you can have in your life and then the more you can share all of your knowledge that you have in whatever your specialties are, And those aren't necessarily your business specialty. Sometimes it's like you make a great loaf of sourdough bread and you need to share that skill or some of your starter as the case may be. But like that piece too, I think being less afraid of holding our skills close to us as if they could be taken and more about sharing and disseminating them to as many people as possible is how we make a massive impact in the world and better everybody, right? Which you had said earlier. So I love that that's how you're doing your work as well and how your clients are benefiting from everything that you know and then those ripples that are coming out from from everywhere that you're touching. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and to anyone listening who's at the beginning or in a rough spot, it won't always be this hard. It won't always be this hard. If you're currently in a stretch where you're learning new skills and you're figuring out your standard operating procedures – You need to only ever do it once. Like once you've got your way of selling, you just repeat it. And, you know, I learned not to tweak it. Don't Mm -hmm. touch it. (laughs) Even though you might want to (laughs) stick with what works. You know, if you've got your standard Mm -hmm. operating procedures, just don't change it. One of my coaches has been running the same business for 20 years. She didn't really change much about it. She Mm -hmm. set it up once. It's perfect. Just keeps doing the same thing over and over. And I look to her and I'm just so impressed that she doesn't let herself be distracted by anything. And Mm -hmm. I just love it. I'm like, how great. Like she uses all of her creativity in other aspects of her life, but she lets her business just make a ton of money, help a ton of people and be really, really easy to run. And I think that's amazing. So if it's really hard right now, just know that it's worth it. You only ever have to do it once.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think really the only reason we're having this conversation today, Hannah, is that I'm in the middle of doing my first masterclass. And I tell you, I am in the messy middle of getting that started for this week. And it's hard. And it's like, what do I need to do? And all those pieces. And I just had that conversation with my assistant before we hopped on here today is like, it doesn't matter how hard it is right now, or even what the results are going to be this week, the results are going to be what they are. And it's fine either way. But we will never have to do this part again. We will never have to do the I don't know what to do next part again. This is all set out and streamlined and we can only get better, right? So I need that reminder today because I (laughs) currently at one piece of my business is right in the messy middle. And uh, it was a a hard last couple of days of me just working on it and kind of feeling like, oh, gosh, am I doing this right? It'll be fine. It'll be fine and it will be repeatable after this. And so I'm really glad you said that. As a little personal reminder today, I needed that. I needed to hear that for sure. What's the masterclass about? It is all about business money mastery. So we are going to do three days of a masterclass where we're going to sit down and talk about goal setting from kind of a dream perspective as opposed to give me a random number you pull out of the sky. But instead paint me a picture of what your life is going to look like and what you're going to be able to do in your world and then we're going to work backwards and do my favorite thing which is always the backwards math to be like okay if that's the life you want to live if you want it to look like this then what do we need to do to work backwards to create those results in your business um day two we're going to talk a lot about expenses and costs in business, and then just the practicalities of how do you build profit in so that you can actually build your dream life. Because otherwise, you and I both know, if there's no profit, you're not actually paying yourself very much. And that's not helpful for creating your dream life at all. So we're going to talk a little bit about the logistics of that. And then day three is going to be, let's sit down and come up with a plan exactly how you're going to be able to create for yourself that dream life. And Setting it all out so that they can just go forth and for the rest of 2023 work on setting that out in their in their business.
1: That sounds amazing. If somebody's interested, how can they find out more?
0: Hmm. Well, good <laughs> What's the um, link? They can go to yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can go to um, they can go to crushprofitcoaching.com backslash save a seat and it's save hyphen a hyphen seat. Or they can go on to my Instagram or they can go on to the show notes of this podcast. It will be everywhere. You can get into that masterclass with no problems. And you can, of course, uh, download the replays if you're not able to come this week live as well. Amazing.
1: It sure sounds really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm looking. I'm very, very excited. There's nothing I love more than being able to teach this kind of content and have that conversation with people and just see the... The level of like, aha, uh-huh, okay, it's this. It's This is why goal setting's been hard in the past because I haven't linked it so closely to the person that I want to be, the life I want to live. I think we sometimes get really caught up in the actual numerical piece of it and not as much of the, the life I'm trying to build piece because that's what we actually care about. At the end of the day, the number is just a number. It's the kind of life we want to lead, um, the kind of person we want to be, those things are provided by the profits that we generate in our business. So this way we're going to start we're going to start at the beginning instead of kind of in the middle and work our way through creating a plan for that.
1: I love that. I especially love the profit piece. I know way too many entrepreneurs I remember being so impressed when I first started my business like that person's earning 7 figures and this person's earning 8 figures and that person's doing this and I felt so inadequate and insignificant. And I met them mm-hmm. at retreats and they were telling me oh yeah, last launch didn't work out. So we're selling our house. Kids can't go to private school anymore. And I was like, what? And this happened many, many times until I thought I need to stop Mm -hmm. making assumptions and I need to learn from this. What am I learning? Profit. You know, what's the Mm -hmm. saying? Like income is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is king. Oh my God. I just remembered. I I thought I was going to butcher it. it. I did it perfectly. (laughs) right? Right. And it was so true. And I remember thinking I need to stop making assumptions. I need to stay in my own lane Mm -hmm. and remember to make a profit no matter what. That is maturity in business. I love that you're going to teach that as well. This is just, this is what keeps businesses afloat. This is what keeps food on the table. It is indispensable.
0: It is. And it allows for you to ride the waves of whatever goes on in your personal life right? A profitable business with cash allows you to not be, you know, paycheck to paycheck kind of living as an entrepreneur. We don't want to do that. That is no good. So, um, yeah, my goal is to help as many businesses as humanly possible, just set that structure and be able to move forth and be profitable and then build those dream lives. Because, you know, I keep seeing all these memes as my kids are getting older of, like, how many summers you have with your kids and how many opportunities you have to, like, spend time with them. It's terrible. Don't don't look at it she now so at your stage definitely when your daughter's 15, please don't look at those. They just will cause you to be weeping. It's like, is this, is this old age that I'm crying so much or is it just the reality of my kid is 15 and I'm not ready for that piece? She was five yesterday, I'm pretty sure. So... We're
1: ending on such a sad note.
0: (laughs) We are ending on a sad note, but listen, some of the greatest things with kids, I mean, they're great. They're great at every stage. And I see little ones like your daughter. And I think like, oh, I miss the cuddly little, just squishiness of them at that age. But I'll tell you this weekend, my 12 year old came in and was like, mom, you just need to hug me. And I was like, yes, sir. I definitely do need to just hug you. And he like, laid down in the bed with me, wanted to watch a show. And there's something even sweeter about it when they're big, because you know, it's not every second of every day, right? It's not those times where I felt like I couldn't cook dinner or go to the bathroom. Or when he was a little guy, he was in the carrier constantly because he needed to be attached to me to be a happy human. And that was hard in those moments. And now I'm like, I would give anything for a couple of days just back in that moment. Only a couple of days though, because I do remember it being very hard. Like, I'm not completely like rose colored glasses to that, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome when, when he comes for a snuggle. Now I'll take it all day long. I've got all the time in the world. I'm like throwing my book to the side. Like, yes, sir. How can I help you? Come snuggle. Oh,
1: That gives me chills, Sam. That's so beautiful.
0: It is, it is. They are, they're pretty great at this age. So you got lots of, lots of good fun years though. I'm so excited for everything that's to come. It is, it's very cool. It's, it's exciting to watch them as much as it's hard to watch them grow up. um, It's also very cool. It's very cool to see, you know, who they used to be when they were a little toddler person. And then the things that you're like, oh yeah, I knew that about you right from the very beginning and now it's still there as you're kind of getting to be a big kid and you're just like yeah that was that's always been you that's been your little personality right from the beginning it's cool to see even you're noticing that people was that, grace that be now. adults with
1: sometimes when we look at photos from her as a baby yeah. and she doesn't seem happy mm-hmm. sometimes she'll tell me you know mommy should hold me mommy should hold me and so she like points at the photo and says no no mommy hold me mommy hold me and in the moment with like a tiny babe, I was just guessing. I was like, what do you want? You know, are you hungry? Mm-hmm. Do you have to fart? Are you bored? What is it? <laughs> and so I, yeah, tried you, well, I just problem, picked kid. her up and I held her. But I, you know, for the, for many, many months, I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. Is any of this correct? And now it's so nice to get some feedback (laughs) where she's pointing at photos and saying, yep, you did the right thing. You picked me up. It's, it's really so funny. It's fun to be right, but I'm also wrong a lot of the time. (laughs)
0: Listen, I think there is no wrong in parenting. I mean, okay. I think there's obviously like the very, there, there can be wrong. But I think anybody who loves their children and tries every day to do a good job with them and gets to the end of the day and feels like, well, that didn't go well, like I need to, need to be a little bit more patient, I need to be a little more understanding, I need to remember they have no emotional regulation of any kind, um, I think if you're having those thoughts, you are doing a good job because you're thinking it through and you're trying every day to get a little bit better. and as much as we need to forgive ourselves for imperfection in business, we have to do the same with parenting. There's just no way to do it exactly right where the kids are going to come out unscathed as if we've, you know, never created any like little scratcher or anything on their surface. You can't, you can't. And the strength of people's character comes from all of those things. Right. And of course, obviously we're not going to traumatize our children. Our goal is not to do that, but, they have to learn discomfort. They have to learn discomfort while being supported by the people in their lives. They have to learn how to manage things that are hard. And those things are really little when they're little and they get bigger as they get bigger. And you just have to be the supporting cast to them at all times where it's like, no matter what I'm here, no matter how bad things get out in the big, scary world, that's what I'm here for. Right. And I'll do my best to support you and try not to get mad at you too often when you leave your socks on the floor, but I'll probably still get mad at you a little bit because pick up your damn socks. It, It's all fine. I think it's all fine. I think we worry so much about that. And I think at the end of the day, you're doing a great job. Oh,
1: that feels good to hear. My only intention is to listen. Cause that's what I always wanted from my parents mm-hmm. growing up. I was like, never expected them to be perfect. I remember when I was little, I remember thinking, not stupid, I'm just a child. Like I understand you have to go to work. I understand you have a bad day sometimes. I just wanted to feel heard. And so that's like my intention as a parent, like not to do everything perfectly, but I just wanna be present. I wanna really do my best to listen. And if I don't get it, Mm -hmm. you know, my daughter is like very persistent. She'll say it and say it over (laughs) and over. You know she has like a very limited vocabulary, but she'll just keep using any anything that she can think of to help me understand, and that gives me hope too, yep. <laughs> even if I'm slow yep. she's she's gonna let me know somehow
0: yep, that's it, and I think that literally just keeps happening. The older that they get, the more that's that's true is yeah, you maybe understand the words that they say as they get bigger. But understanding what they are asking for is different than mm-hmm. the words, right? And so often their behavior doesn't dictate. It isn't like the creating the warm and fuzzies because I, I want a hug. Like I want to be picked up. They don't necessarily do that the same way. And so we just we just assume that that's generally what they're asking for. And uh, it seems to work okay. So far, so okay. good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. I feel good. Yeah, so just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, just keep doing that. Well, I'm so glad we got together today and got to have this conversation. I think it's um it's interesting kind of the direction and the the all the way around the same almost the same circle, right? Um this conversation went, but I I am sure that people listening are going to be so I think moved by what is possible for them and moved by maybe relieved a little bit about some of the weight being taken off, that it doesn't have to be as complicated as you're making it. It doesn't have to be as challenging and that you are actually in control of so much more of this than you give yourself credit for. So I'm really glad you came on today, Hannah, and we were able to have that conversation. I hope reassure some of those business owners out there that they're doing a good job too, and, and it will work. And they just need to get the support that they're struggling with if there's a gap. And there's lots of us out here willing and able to help at all times.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I had a great time too.
0: Yes, perfect. So where is the best place? Where do you want people to find you if they are like, I need more Hannah in my life how do they find you? Where do we want them to my go? My
1: website is hannabeer.com That's Hannah, no H at the end, H-A-N-N-A-B-I-E-R.com. Um, my email address is hello at hannabeer.com. You're welcome to send me an email about any questions, any feedback about the podcast episode. I'd love to hear how it's landing. You're also welcome to follow me on Instagram. That's Hannah Money
0: Bliss, H-A-N-N-A Money Bliss. And you're welcome to message me there as well. Perfect. That is excellent. And for anybody who is driving or folding laundry and doesn't have a pen, then I will make sure all of that contact information is in the show notes. You'll be able to catch that on all the places that I pop the show notes. Hannah, thank you so much for your time today. I am so grateful that you are here and I look forward to chatting with you again. I'm sure we will do that soon. so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.